It's not really our yeah. job as leaders to judge, but I think there is a difference between judgment and discernment. And discernment is a it's a it's a Holy Spirit thing. Mm-hmm. It's not about sitting people down. I think right. it's about journeying, yeah. and it's about ultimately what I believe is people finding freedom. Yeah, the freedom to be themselves. I want to talk to you about what leadership is. The key to becoming a great leader is empowering leaders around you. Build into your life a routine that leads you to godliness and leads you to a place of being ready and available for God to use you that day. Hey, uh, welcome everybody to the Leadership Lean In podcast. This is exciting. Episode number three. And I hope that you've been enjoying it. Uh, We've had two fantastic episodes, but I think episode three is going to absolutely dominate and crush, like these terms, uh, the last two um, hey, do me a favor. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to. Uh, if you're on YouTube or iTunes, uh, subscribe, rate it. It helps us. If you put in a review, write down uh, what you're learning and if you're being encouraged by it. We hope that you are. This is kind of our fun, exciting thing that we're starting to create, leadership lean-in. And the phrase lean-in for me really is what I want to personally do for leadership. And that's lean into it and try and become as good of a leader as I possibly can. And so I think the way that I get better at leadership is just by talking to friends about the subject. And so we've had two other friends come on, Pastor Jeremy Foster, Pastor Rich Wilkerson Jr. And today I am joined by two people that really mean a lot to me, actually. Some of my closest friends in the whole world are here with me. They actually uh, helped start our church, and we've been friends for... I think I've been friends ten, with you for 10, ten years. Yeah. And Aaron? More than 10? <laughs> I was gonna, like, I want to beat it, but seven? Seven <laughs> years. So, you, so you lose. Yeah. Seven years. Oh, uh, we uh, know each other from Seattle. Yeah. Moved down to LA together to start a church. And we still attend each other's kids' birthday parties. <laughs> that's, so, that's real friendship. That's real friendship. Yeah. We still help each other move houses. Also real friendship. That's coming up. Yeah. <laughs> real friendship. <laughs> but um, uh, this is Aaron Eisman. He's on staff at our church and leads all of our worship and production. No big deal. Put out an album this last year. Yes. Yeah. Do you sing on the album at all? I am not singing on the album, no. But Did you write? Like, to. Did you add a lyric at all? <laughs> you were there for no, every song that was written. I was written. there for every song. You contributed like... Quest bars and coffees. <laughs> yes, and late but, nights. But this you were there for every moment of that album. Yes, this yes. next one, I think you need you need a bar or two. Yeah. And I'm not talking quest. I'm talking about <laughs> they need to let you in on a lyric. Like even if it's just like God's good. I don't know why they didn't choose any of the lyrics that I presented. Well, the problem is you're the boss, yeah. so you can choose yeah. whatever you want. <laughs> you choose I'm gonna write you. my own song. You choose you next time. Yep. Pal, um, <laughs> and this is Erica Bosco. Erica leads yeah. all of our marketing and social media communication, and uh, we we refer to her as Erica the Boss Bosco. How long <laughs> have you had that nickname? Like since I've known you. Well, like, I had a different last name, so a long time. Yeah, long yeah. time. And um, Aaron, you've got a great nickname, Aaron the Iceman Eisman. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of our thing that I feel like if you don't have a nickname. You really don't count. You're not a real person. You're really not. Everyone's like considering if they have a nickname now. Yeah, like my kids actually refer to you, except for Iceman, but they refer to you guys by your nicknames. Yeah. Tia. I'm Tia to the kids. Tia and and Keldog. Your wife is Keldog. Maybe you don't mean that much to my kids because they don't call you Iceman. Ouch. But they do call you Aaron. Yeah. They do call you Aaron. You, You matter. These guys are... Um, unbelievable leaders in your own right who I highly respect and uh, look to for so much. And uh, I'm excited to talk to you guys about uh, the subject of leadership. Uh, I want to jump right in. By the way, coming up today, we've got two uh, new segments I'm excited about. We're going to go top five, which is going to be top five things I want to tell you about leadership today. I think you're going to love that segment. And then we're going to go towards the end of the podcast. We're going to do rapid fire. So a couple things to look forward to, but I want to jump in. I want to ask you both. I've known both of you really since you like were leaders in the church. Yeah. And before you were ever like on staff at anywhere or anything. So I've kind of watched your journey. Tell me about, and Erica, we'll start with you. Ladies first, Aaron. <laughs> He's Gosh. like, I had something. 
you want to be on the album now? Yeah, do you want to go Aaron. first now? Simmer. LA's changed you. You're a different guy. <laughs> I'm not. It's these headphones have changed you. Yes. You look good in these headphones. Thanks. How, I look good. Yeah, you look great. The beanie good? <laughs> Suspect. But um, I want to talk. When did you know, for, two parts, when did you know that you were a leader one? And then when did you, what was the moment for you to discover you're like, I, I think I'm supposed to be a leader in the church. Yeah. W- what was that for you? Um, yeah, I I think I've always felt that natural, like I'm down to go. I'm down to start, you know, the vibe in the room. I'm down to be crazy. Mm. I'm down to do that. And so even like in elementary school, junior high, I would always be running like for ASB president or like, and then I'm like, maybe that's because I want to be in charge and I want, yeah. So I think I identified my leadership skills as like a young girl, Um, but I didn't get saved until I was like 18. And so I think um, because of the life that I had experienced and getting saved at that age, it was very pivotal for me. I understood like I'm, I always felt like I'm going to do something great, Wow! Um, but it really impacted and changed my life when I understood, oh, I was made for greatness for God. Wow. And that changed my life. Wow. Wow. And I think, um, you know, I told this story, but I got saved on Easter and I remember feeling like in the moment, my life would never be the same. Wow. And so I think once I understood I was always made this way. Now I understand the purpose behind it. Wow. Um, now I can go and live that out. And so I <laughs> Julia has this funny story. I was an intern yep. with you and Julia. Yeah. And um, I saw her in the lobby and she's like, how's it going? And I'm like, Julia, this is so amazing. I would clean the bathroom with my toilet, my toothbrush right now. Like can what? You- First of all, no, I never <laughs> would do that. Like I would never. But you were just pumped. But I was like, Amped. Like, I'm like, this yeah. is awesome. Um, so yeah, wow. I, like 18, 19 is when I really um, felt that in my life. Yeah. And I've never, ever looked back. I've never not like served in church since right. then. And she really- I have this image of you um, being in high school. You showed me a photo years ago. You're like, you're a cheerleader. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You tell me your high school colors were not, were they green, yellow, and white? They were green and gold. Green I was a cheerleader, gold. so I have to say the right. See, it's green and gold. Green and gold. But Go I, Cowboys. I, re- I remember this. Yeah. And I can see you being a leader in yeah. your school mm-hmm. and being a leader in church. I always think of that thought, you know, God didn't make you one way to use you another. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So if God has made you that all, you know, like I remember growing up, my dad used to say, Chad, you're either going to sell cars right, or you're going to sell Jesus, <laughs> but you're going to sell something. Yeah. And it, it's like you, you know, these were your natural giftings, mm-hmm. but until you discover, wow, God gave me all this gift to glorify his name, not exactly. mine. That realization though is so comforting. And when you, and when I love what you said there, because when you do discover it, you're like, I'll clean toilets with my own toothbrush <laughs> because I'm just so honored. Yeah. It's something bigger than me. Right. What a what a great feeling. Yeah. Did you do cartwheels and jumping jacks? And <laughs> did you go like go fight win? I was like a real full-on cheerleader that like did stunts and stuff. You did the stunts. I wouldn't Were claim that dropped? it was a sport. No, 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 Chad. I was not a flyer. I was a base. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now this is going south quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I, <fine>. wasn't a- <laughs> I would never trust anyone to like throw me in the air. I always feel like when they're up there, I'm like, I just like, what hope, are your parents thinking? I just hope this ends well. <laughs> I remember my sister, she was the yeah. flyer and it ended poorly one time. And I got mad at the, you know, the people at the yeah. bottom. I'm like, you dropped my sister, man. <laughs> but like, what am I going to do? Like, am I going to go fight? The male no. cheerleader. I'm not going to fight right. the cheerleaders. I'm not, but I was upset for my sister. Yeah. Aaron, let's go to you. Bethany. We're digressing quickly. <laughs> yeah, shout, out, like- shout out to my sister. Um, <laughs> Aaron, you um, talk to me about that for you. You're a leader, uh, but when did that happen? How was that, that process? Um, yeah, it would be the same. Like in high school, I was the ASB president and the most popular kid. Just kidding. Like, <laughs> like I wasn't either of those. <laughs> I wasn't either of those. But I was the captain of our basketball team. Right. And uh, I just think you can learn a lot about someone just from playing sports with them. Right. And just like playing sports, playing basketball, I just had this ability where people would just follow me. That's and cool. And I could kind of, um, I was the catalyst. It's kind of the what my coach would uh, always say is you're the catalyst of the team. So I could get wow. the team energized. Um, if we're not, if we didn't have any energy. Right. And um, yeah, people just had this 
you know, wanted to be around and I love being around people. I love right. um, being in that setting. And, um, you know, after, after high school, I was, um, kind of fell away from church, stopped going to church and I was able to lead people actually the opposite way from yeah. God. And, um, and then this one moment in, in a service, God really touched my life and was like, the way that you're leading people away from um, the things of me, mm. I'm going to um, use you to bring people wow. to, you know, to him. It's amazing. And um, that's when I was like, yep, I'm going to do whatever it takes to um, get people to the room, get people into the uh, service, get people uh, yeah. just to get touched by God. And That's um, awesome. Yeah, the same way that it, the same tactics and things I was doing to get people kind of to do the wrong things, I'm, yeah. I'm using to do you know, the right things. Wow. So, yeah. To give, give people a more uh, insight into leading people <laughs> in the wrong stuff. Yeah. You were doing what kind of activities to yeah, lead so people I was, in the uh, wrong Selling uh, drugs. Okay. So yes. Drug dealer. Okay. I was a I drug just, dealer. I just need those, to get that clear. Uh, yeah. Hopefully the police don't hear this. I'm just kidding. Everything's, <laughs> right. everything's good, but <laughs> I think. Um, but yeah, I was just uh, selling drugs and going down the wrong path. And yeah, um, yeah, my house ended up getting raided and right. uh, I was on trial. But that's when really I just, right when I got out, I just was like, I'm going to give God my entire life. Mm. Wow. And just to see what um, God's done in my life, just from mm. being in church, just giving me the most amazing like family. Right. You know, I'm living my best life just right. from making that decision to lead and, and be involved in church. And and so you said the cops raided your house. What happened with that? Tell me more about that. Yeah, so they they came in and and uh yeah, just went to jail. Yeah. And I had a moment in jail, but um it took 3 years, so they had 3 years to um you know, get me in front of a judge and charge me. So uh I didn't know what was, you know, my future within those 3 years. And uh it ended up being that all the charges were dropped. It's amazing. And um yeah, it was unbelievable. I, I think it's pretty cool because, uh, you know, when I look at your story in your life, it always um, encourages me to know, you know, no one is too far gone. Yeah. yeah. You know, you you had a sense, you're a catalyst of your high school basketball team and your leader on your campus and people love you and you have this natural gift. Um, but, you know, no matter where you go, the twists and turns of all of our journeys, you know, God, I think is so good. He'll pursue us right. relentlessly and find us in our worst place. Here you are in a jail cell and you have a moment yeah. of realization that I'm created to do something bigger and better with my life. Yeah. And you can hit rock bottom and kind of discover God's design for your life. It's, yeah. you know, I, I, I get so encouraged. And you have, of course, made thousands of decisions to set your life up for success since that moment. Yeah. But it encouraged me, your life always encouraged me for anybody I interact with, like nobody's too yeah. far gone. Yeah. You know, we, you know, family members, friends, nobody's too far gone from how awesome God is. So bow your heads, close your eyes. Like I start preaching. <laughs> no, I made all that up. <laughs> I got, so Ephesians 2, like Chad, that's out of context. Okay. Um, I want to talk about uh, both of you guys oversee creatives. Mm -hmm. You know, a, a lot of them whom I love. I love creative people. I love interacting with uh, creatives. We live in a city filled with them, I almost use the word infested, but that's not the accurate term. Um, just very extreme language. Yeah. Um, but you work with creatives. <laughs> Talk to me, Erica, you, you know, built our social media and uh, are very good at social media. Talk to me about um, how you used um, social media to build a church. Yeah. How did you mm -hmm. use social media to get the word out about what was happening and what you know, how do you continue to stay with the trends? Because it changes so much. Yeah. How, how, talk to me about social media. Um, yeah, I think, one, we built um, Zoe's Instagram, like, by accident. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. It just, it was our main form of communication to right. anyone that wanted to know um, about Zoe, where we were going to be right. every week. And uh, we kind of just thought, well, if we have an audience in front of us, let's use it and let's encourage right. whoever's here and let's take people's natural giftings. And I mean, you see it all over Instagram. Photographers' um, careers take off photogra sure. photographing one person. Yep. Um, you know, writers that write copy, if you're very witty or yep. something like that, your gift can be used that way. And so we just said, okay, let's take our team and let's be creative and let's put something out, um, what's already in culture and, and let's be a part of that in a way that's innovative and new and yeah. fresh. And, um, I think what makes us refreshing is that we're just us. 
yeah. all the time. Yeah. yeah. And um, it can be very easy to try to keep up with all of the trends. But yeah. I think what we're doing is you're already going to scroll through your phone every day on Instagram, yep. whether you admit it or not. Yeah, you it's are. definitely mm-hmm. what you're doing. Yeah, you're, you're definitely doing that. Um, so why don't we get on your screen and encourage you and remind yeah. you that you're not alone. Um, social media actually can be very isolating. It takes right. away like a face-to-face conversation. Um, but I think being able to be in that space for people and remind them right. there's community for yeah. you. There's a God that loves you. Um, and here's a picture to remind you. You know, I think it's like <laughs> unifying. Here's a photo of Aaron writing <laughs> yeah. an album. And and singing his own lyrics. And eating the Quest Bar. On the song. That can encourage you. Yeah. Are you not encouraged? You should be. You should be encouraged. Going and back it, to that. And, yeah. I, <laughs> and I think you should just be having fun. Like, I yeah. think that creatives um, want to feel like the work that they're putting out is, yeah. is fun and people love it and... I remember yeah. a, a, a great uh, compliment to what you did. Um, I was in the elevator one time coming down from a restaurant here in L.A. And um, this lady gets on and, you know, I'm being loud very, for a very <laughs> rare occasion. Yeah. And this lady's like, oh, my gosh, what do you do? <laughs> and so, you know, I, I told her... Um, Eventually, you know, at first I was like, I'm a rapper. <laughs> or you know, I don't, can't, can't remember what I said. But it, Here's like a secret SoundCloud we don't know about. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, I need to do that. But, I, you know, eventually tell her, you know, yeah, I'm a, I'm a pastor. You need to come to my church. Uh, it's called Zoe, Zoe LA. And she says, stop. You, you lead Zoe? She said, I run marketing for the NBA and all of our social media, and we study your church. Wow as one of the accounts that we're inspired by. Wow. And that was a crazy moment for yeah. me to think, you know, because I always think, just growing up in the church, I always think opposite, that we study everybody, I hate to use these terms, but like out there. Yeah. You know, like an us, them, I don't like that mentality, but the church is always trying to keep up with hype beasts, upscale, mm-hmm. you know, fashion trends, mm-hmm. off-white, but fear of God, fill in the blank. We're trying to keep up with them, but it was the first time the NBA was saying, we love the way you do social media, which is really just saying that, you know, they love the way you do mm-hmm. uh, and your team and all of our people that lead the social media space do it. But I think that some people, I, I don't, it bothers me when everybody gets down on social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you because know, I've only seen it as a tool yeah. to be able to spread what's going on and mm-hmm. good things. So, it's uh, it's nebulous, huh? That's a great word. Nebulous. Spell it. Just it's all. N e b. Ah, let times, uh, times running out. out. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it's it's all about who, who whose hands yes. is it in, yeah. right? Yes. You know, you put an Xbox in some kid's hand that's 15 years old is going to spend 12 hours yeah. on it. You, it it it's like money. It's all about who owns it and right. runs it. And I think if we can use social media to spread good things and yeah. be passionate and creative about it, we can actually reach people on their phones. We've built a church yeah. truly in this city on going, mm. we're going we're gonna to do everything we can to create good content and have good design and let our photographers, instead of having their gift just be used, you know, at, at weddings and photo shoots, they got to be used in the church. Yeah. And I think that's been... Um, really, really powerful and really fun to see Yeah, people's gifts at work. Yeah. Do you use social media? Yeah, I was an ASB president and the most <laughs> oh popular kid. You, <laughs> use, you use social media because the other day I was talking to somebody and they were talking about how whether you or your wife posted Bowie in the coffee shop the other day at Blue Bottle running around. Yeah. Was that you or yeah, your wife? Me. See, that was great. And people were talking about your wow. social media. Influencer. But I haven't posted on my actual feed in... A month and a half. What if today we... Yeah, we, we should change yeah, that. Could we get on your feet? Of course. We should would take you, a pic. Would you tag me? <laughs> it's my favorite oh. thing someone socially says. Hey, hey, tag me. No. Make sure you tag me in that. Or hey, you tagged the wrong person. I didn't <laughs> tag the wrong per- person At on accident. At that point, you like let it go, you know? Yeah, yeah just let it go. Just tag the wrong person on purpose. Hey, send me that photo. If you ask for someone to send you the photo and they don't send it to you, it's kind of a clue. They don't want you to post it. They don't look good in it. How yeah, they don't look good in but it. But you probably do. Or they don't want to be. They don't want to be seen with you. <laughs> do you take into account of how everyone looks 
in the photo. No, no, absolutely no, not. Absolutely not. You have serious? to. It no could mercy. be 12 people or three people. And you're like, I'm I look, only looking yeah. for me. Okay. And this is what happens to me is I post the photo and Julia's like, take that down. Yeah. I look terrible. And I'm like, I forgot to look at you in yeah. the photo. This is no longer nebulous. <laughs> Zoom um, in on your face. Yeah. Just, and then... Yep, how, about good. The, how about the whole Zoom thing? The Zoom thing has really changed everything. The Zoom's kind of savage, It's, but I, I love it. It is the word savage because you Zoom in, you're like, oh, mm. that looked different Nice <laughs> from a distance. <laughs> that facial reaction. Um, I want to go to you, Aaron, because you oversee worship in production. Talk to me about uh, worship leaders because, or, you know, even uh, people on the worship team, um, I think you have the opportunity to uh, bring to me what is a lot of times my favorite part of church. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that as a preacher. <laughs> my favorite part of church is worship. I don't know why. It's just always been my favorite part. I love the singing. I love yeah. a good worship set. I love when worship, for what I don't have a better term, goes there. You know, it's just electric and the atmosphere is dynamic. Um, talking about leading that team in that space and what are some what are some ways that you've been able to let me explain my question a little bit more like preface this you have the challenge especially in a city like this to discern between character and talent yeah. mm -hmm. cuz there's a lot of talented people in the worship space in the worship industry but the character isn't always there mm. how have you been able to build a worship team you know that is for lack of a better term, anointed mm -hmm. and has the authority, but has good character. How's that yeah. been for you leading that whole thing? It's definitely been a journey, you know, starting from the beginning. But um, yeah, I love that this whole year we've been talking about just character over talent. Right. And um, really, it's just, it's, you can kind of just discern it off just the natural ability of someone's spirit and what mm. they're carrying and intentions. Mm. Um, our worship team is so strong. Everyone has character, right? But everyone has talent. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's just been one of those things where I've had to definitely like journey through trying to discern that kind of stuff. And right. is someone only going to be available once a month? Is someone willing to sacrifice their whole day? Are you playing maybe at another church? Are you playing? Wow. All that kind of stuff. Really, yeah. we want people planted. We want mm -hmm. our teams. Um, just Zoe breathed, Zoe mm -hmm. culture. And um, yeah, it's definitely, you know, sometimes if you don't have a keys player, you got to still figure it out and get a keys player. Yeah. But majority of the, you know, mostly every single service would be people that are diehard, building church, building yeah. God's house. Um, so yeah, it's, just, it's definitely just been something I'm still trying to to learn and, right. and walk through. Um, but definitely, you know, since the EP and all that kind of stuff, our team, uh, in the tour that we went on, our team has just like, just stepped up a whole other level yeah. with just their spirit and willing to serve, willing to do whatever it takes to make the service, right. um, you know, get to a spot. Um, yeah, so that's really what it is, is just, um, conversations, having conversations with people, having the tough conversations and seeing how people can react to the conversations, walking people through it, don't just write people off, of right. course. Um, so yeah, it's definitely been something, especially with the two locations, yeah. balancing two locations and um, having the same standard at two locations, setting up, right. um, you know, this is how we, even the little things that this is how we dress on platform. This, these mm. are the um, the ways that you can address the congregation. All those kind of little things really, yeah you know, matter in the standard of our... They absolutely do. I think uh, it was really cool. What an opportunity. We got to go on tour, you know, this summer with Mosaic. And I was so blown away by Mosaic. Yes. I was so... It was moving to watch. Uh, of course, er, you know, most everybody's really good on platform. Like, that's just kind of a given. Mm -hmm. If you're on tour, you're, you're, you got yeah. talent, right? Yeah. Like, that's how... I wasn't... That was also very moving how good they were, but their character and who they were and uh, the the premium that they placed on character. Yeah. I was very moved by that. And I think sometimes in church, what can happen in, again, we're talking to really church leaders, yeah. the majority of people that listen to this podcast, is that we can fall in love with talent 
I've mm. seen it my whole life. We can, and I've done it. We yeah. can fall in love with talent and kind of like just excuse some mm. character flaws. Yeah. Because the talent is servicing us so well. Wow. The yeah. talent is building. The talent is attracting the talent. And so it's like, ah, I want them to sit and this isn't right what they're doing, but man, <laughs> they're good. Yeah. So let's, um, I think anytime we do this, a couple things happen. Number one, everybody knows that we're doing it. Yeah. Yes. Like we're not fooling anybody. Right. Everybody's like, so-and-so is sleeping around or so-and-so has a problem. So-and-so has got this issue, but you're sacrificing mm-hmm. and you're actually choosing willfully yeah. talent over character. So I think you lose some credibility. Mm-hmm. I think I think you lose, you know, some, some um, these headphones, man, they're big. They're weighty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, God, my head feels like I'm sinking <laughs> in my chair. Um, but I feel like you lose some some equity there. And um, and at the end of the day, you kind of feel, the second thing is you kind of feel crunchy, like, yeah. oh, why am I willing, willingly choosing yeah. to do this? You will never regret choosing character over mm-hmm. talent. And character sometimes doesn't sing as well or play as well. Yeah. Um, but you know that it, that, like you, I love that you use the word spirit. Mm-hmm. Something resonates. Uh, there's something about right spirit. Yeah. You know, and so I think... Um, it, in leadership, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, we don't want to walk around judging people. It's not really our job as leaders to judge. I judge you. Um, but I think there is a difference between judgment and discernment. Yeah. And discernment is a, it's a, it's a Holy Spirit thing. Mm -hmm. And discernment says, I do need to have a convo. I do need to inquire about, um, what's happening. I do need to it's not about sitting people down, I think. Right. It's about journeying. Yeah. And it's about ultimately what I believe is people finding freedom. Yeah. The freedom to be themselves, the yes. freedom relationally, the freedom from unforgiveness, the freedom from fill in the blank. And, um, you know, leadership at the end of the day, leadership is serving. Yeah. And leadership is leaning into people's world and serving them. And that's what love is. Love yeah. by definition, love is choosing the highest good for the other person. Mm-hmm. So if I, I saw someone say this on social media today. If I I if I'm someone's leader and I don't have if I don't confront them with the truth, that means I don't love the people that God's called me to serve. Yeah. Wow. So cuz leading people has so everything true. to do with serving people mm-hmm. and serving people has everything to do with being honest with people. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's it you know and you've done it so well. Yeah. I lo- we always you joke, have. <laughs> we always joke around Aaron's a bulldog. Yeah. Aaron's the best. <laughs> Whenever we get in the settings with Aaron, I love this. You know, we get into like an honor yeah. moment and, you know, it's like a, at a dinner or something. Every time, this is what Just I love about me. you. Yeah. Every time people start off, well, you know, <laughs> when I first met Aaron, <laughs> they say two things. I didn't think he liked me, <laughs> one. Yep, or yeah. they always say, I didn't really like him. <laughs> yeah. It's never like, I met this guy, love at love first it. sight. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to get that, that one time. Yeah, yes. Would you would you say that about me when you first met me? When I first met you, I thought I don't like this guy. Wow, we got work to do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, the first time I met you was with Spencer Craker, mm-hmm. and you looked you were awesome. Yeah, I, mean, you liked I thought you were so awesome I was in. Too. Thank you guys. I was in first time. Your wife Thank has you. a different story. No, yes. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but I think that you are, you know, one of those guys that's willing. Yeah. To have the tough conversation. Leadership really is, it's so funny when we talk about the word confrontation. Yeah. And we make such a big deal about confronting others, which I think the confrontational guy is just a weirdo. Totally. Like you live for confrontation, (laughs) which is a recipe for everyone wants to leave you. Confrontation to me is just, at the end of the day, it's clarity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's not confrontation. I'm not confronting people. I'm clarifying either our expectations or God's expectations. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just, that's my role. My role is to just clarify, hey, you, you know the Bible says this, right? Like mm-hmm. this is God's standards. Or, hey, for us, this is our value. Mm-hmm. I just want to clarify. I would despise living in a world where I'm the bad guy. Yeah. Oh, well, I love that you 
I remember you saying this, like we're, we're going to have a clarifying conversation. That's it. It disarms people. Yeah. Yeah. I've been in a clarifying conversation yeah. with you. Yeah. And it dis, it's disarming because you're like, this is for my betterment. Yeah. And if people are coming to find freedom, know God, discover you guys, find freedom. Like if they're doing that and then we don't have these clarifying conversations along the way in their journey, then they, they're going to go back to square one. That's it. And then they haven't really found freedom. That's it. They found a microphone. <laughs> right. They found a microphone. They, yeah. They found a And keyboard. then it's a disservice. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think, um, what are we trying to do with anybody in our space? We're trying to help get them to the next level. Yeah. It's like, you know, uh, Julie and I were talking this morning about someone that, you know, she asked me the question this morning, who are people in our church that you want to hire right now? So I just rattled off like 10 people. And she goes, wow, that so-and-so is interesting to me. What about, talk to me about, you know, them. And I go, well, I, I can see that, you know, there's still some growth before they can come on staff, but man, the potential yes. is alarming. Yeah. And the ceiling is just so high. Mm. And what are we trying to do with anybody in our space is serve yeah. them to help, you know, get to the next level. And a lot of times in leadership, I know for my life, my journey has been, I haven't gotten to the next level working harder. Right. <laughs> Making more sacrifice. It's usually been through conversations. Yeah. yeah. It's been through so-and-so inspiring me. So-and-so is challenging mm -hmm. me or being exposed to a better way. Yeah. Wow. I always think there's a better way of doing it. I just don't know it yet. Yeah. So I got to get around greatness. I got to get around the next level if I want to go to the next level. And people in your sphere are, I, I always think, are looking for that. They want to get around yeah. you and want to have real, I think leadership is pulling people aside yeah. and having real combos. Mm -hmm all the time. Uh, I want to, I want to uh, transition and keep going. And um, here's my next question. Um, how have you, um, you know, talk about creatives in the church. Uh, you know, most people have creatives, very few churches, in my opinion, this is just whatever, for whatever it's worth, um, know what to do with creatives mm. in their church. And if they find one or two, they will suck the life mm out of those one or two for decades. How do you make room for creative people? How do you make room for, you know, writers and designers and filmmakers and producers and songwriters and, you know, creatives are, they're not the nine to fiver mm -hmm. and they're not the business owner. Mm -hmm. They're creative people, which they sleep different hours. You know, they, they have different <laughs> values. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion. So how do you make room for creative people, Erica? Um, yeah, I think, like you said, creatives are just, they're a different breed. Like a true creative, a true artist um, hears differently, sees differently, talks differently. And I think that, I love what you said. Sometimes uh, we can all fall prey to this. You take two really good people and you just, they're willing, Jeez. they're awesome, they're talented, Jeez. but you're five years down the road and they're still the same two people. And, um, you know, I think it speaks less about the creatives wanting to get involved and more about the like organizational process on the back end yeah. of the creative team. That's great. Um, and I think if you know where you're going, you know how many people you need to get there. And then it wow. just opens up space for people. And Hold on, say that again. If you know where you're going, you know how many people you need to get there. Yeah. That is genius. Yeah. That is so right. And I learned that the hard way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do tell. I'm yeah. Kidding, I'm kidding. Um, and I think... Uh, we can just box ourselves into, well, if I can just get one person to do this, right? Um, then you're just reacting to all of these maybe deadlines that you need to get something out. But if we can get a little bit more organized on the back end, mm. we can project a project three to six months down the road or whatever yep. it looks like. Yep. And um, you can then now speak that creative language and serve them mm. um, as their leader. Mm. And say, here's here's space for you to honor God with your gift. Mm. And here's space for you to serve the church yeah. like you desire, like we all desire. Yeah. Um, you know, you said, you've always said this, people want to be um, known and needed. Yeah. yeah. And that doesn't, every personality type wants to be known and needed. Yeah. And so I think it's identifying how 
they are known and how they are best needed yeah. and how to cultivate more creativity. Yeah. Um, and then on the other end, making sure that in a godly way, they're understanding your gift is to be yielded to God. Mm. And once your gift is yielded to God, the creativity flows and you're willingly there. Wow. And so I, I think it's two parts. Yeah, I love that. Um, something you said, I think is so true. It's, I am always amazed at how um, upset <laughs> creatives get when you give them a small window to create. Yeah. Like if you, if you give, <laughs> like Erica's husband, Roman's one of the best He's designers amazing. in the world. Yeah. And if you give him a week, it's like panic mode. Like it's just like, what or tomorrow but creatives are so amazing if you give them a six-month rollout they're like i'll create the best thing in the world for you mm-hmm. so it, it, it always think with creativity it always goes back to preparation yeah it's that old saying preparation brings forth freedom mm-hmm. or we sweat in preparation so we don't bleed in battle that creativity, you do such a good job of this, when you are on top of your calendar and on top of your schedule, which goes back to always, I think, uh, in a great creative ecosystem, you have to have great administrators and great managers, great systems and structures to set up creatives to do the creating and other people running the management. Yes. Those are two different skill sets. So it's like everybody matters. Everybody plays a part. Even within creativity, right? You know, it, you know, Aaron's a huge part of our creative world, and I wouldn't call him the most creative person, but he's a great manager, right? And you need in the creative ecosystem, you got to have people that are running calendars and guidelines and all of that, and then people within that um, sphere, film, you know, design, whatever, stage design. You got to have them going like, okay, you've set me up with three months, six months. Now I can create. Well, and I think also learning their process helps you understand what you're asking. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember like watching my husband, Roman. Roman, you're the best. Um, <laughs> we love you. Um, I remember like watching him. I can, I, I have the ability to say, this is what I want it to look like. This mm. is exactly the feel I want it to be. And then watching him make it. And I'm in my head thinking like, that took a little bit longer than I thought it was going to take. Or vice versa. Like, oh, I know what's not going to take that long. Um, mm. And learning like this, like the substance of that process yeah. um, also just helps create really good relationship with creatives. I think sometimes we assume like that can't take that long yeah. and- or that's going to take a really long time. So we almost right. give them too much time. Right. So, which also is not a good thing. Absolutely. So I think it, Aaron and I, I think we were talking about this. Like I didn't realize how long it took to like edit this one thing. Um, and so it just helps you know what you're asking for. Right. I think um, you said on the second part of um, the answer, something that it made me think of this, this idea that I, I grew up in the church where people are always like, you know, all these people got their start in the church. <laughs> and then they went out and they made other music. But, you know, if they were in the church, they would, you know, <laughs> you know, that whole attitude. Yeah. And I don't, I, this is my belief. I don't believe that when you're out, again, I hate these terms, us, them. But when you're not making music that glorifies God, I don't think your creativity gets zapped whatsoever. No. And the no. proof is in the pudding that, you know, on the way in today, I'm listening to the radio and on the radio, I'm, it, this was my thought. I, was, I, I hit 102.7, I hit 105.9, I hit 92.3. And as I went through every song, my my thought going through all three stations was, my goodness, the production on these songs are so insane. Yeah. And so I think the difference, though, is that when you start creating and producing things for the glory of God, you're more fulfilled. Yes. So it's not that creativity it. gets zapped. Yep. It's that your creativity is for something bigger than yourself. Yep. And it's not just to touch another human, but mm-hmm. it is to glorify God, which I think we've been created to glorify God and bring yeah. praises to him. So it's amazing that, you know, you can, you know, um, create out there and, and, and your gift's going to work. Totally. Right. I always think that your gift's going to work, but I want my gift to work for something bigger than yeah. myself. How do you make room for uh, creatives in your space? Um. I kind of have to just because of the I'm, demand, not leading the worship. I'm not leading worship. <laughs> right. Um, I'm not producing. Um, I'm not physically designing the merch or whatever it is. Yeah. But 
Um, Stop. I want to talk about that. Yeah. Because maybe a lot of people don't know you have successfully ran our merch, our pop-up shops, um, everything we sell on tour and at conference. And you you have gotten articles. I say you because you you made it all with the team. Um, you know, GQ magazine has written about Zoe merch and fashionista.com and LA times, all that, you quarterback all that. So, uh, you know, when you talk about merch, you have a lot of experience <laughs> yeah. with it. Yeah. And I think just for me being able to release creatives and, and make room for creatives, it's just been something that um, you do so well and you've made room for us, mm-hmm. but also it's just like, um, I don't have to make the set list. And, and pulling my hand off of things that I can raise up, make room for people. And because I'm not leading worship, I'm not designing the merch. It's really easy to still have a lot of control and be obsessed with the control. Right. So it's like writing a list of just things that like, things I really can make room for someone to, to step in. And then there's yeah. going to be room for another creative to come yeah. in. Right. And um, yes, yeah, like little things like set lists and, um, rostering and I'm obviously my my hand's still in it. Yeah, but just giving that um, that space for people that step into so it's not so controlling. Mm. Um, I've learned a lot, you know, the past year from that. Just because when I first started, when I got on staff, it was just like I'm going to do everything. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I am a doer by nature, um, but yeah, just learning as a leader to just kind of like people are going to make some mistakes. Yep. But I've made a lot of mistakes. Right. And people have had grace on me. Right. So it's one of those just making the room, you know, that way. That's awesome. It's been good. That's awesome. Talk to me about the creative process. I love this. Every night on the Hope Is Ear tour, um, everyone would ask Zoe Worship and Mosaic the same question. Talk to me about the creative process. I think people are so into how do you make music? How do you make merch? What is the process for, maybe talk about music first. How do you write songs? What's our process? And then the merch process. Because merch is, is you know, I was just in Hillsong, New York this last weekend. And uh, with those guys, you know, they're doing pop-up shops. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of churches are getting into church merch. We're, of course, we're not the first people to ever do it, of course. <laughs> but I do, you know, I am aware that other churches are going, oh, we can do a pop-up. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, we can, you know, create a demand. Um, talking about the process. Yeah, I think it all starts with the demand. Um, so it was kind of one of those, you know, we've been around for three years and it was just time to start writing music. Yeah. And it was putting a demand on even a time, like a, this is when it needs to be done. Yeah. Or else I feel like it would have gone on. It probably still would have been going on if we were Absolutely. like, we need to, um, you know, have it done by this date. And yeah, we just started with um, you know, reaching out to our worship team, submitting songs, like have people just submit songs. Right. And um, so we just started writing. I think this was in March, last year in April, actually. Yeah, yeah maybe April. Um, we started writing songs and we had a couple producers in our um, our church. They're unbelievable people, unbelievable producers, and they're helping out a ton um, at this point. And we'd write songs and we'd try them out in church. So we wouldn't really move forward production wise until we were like, this song's going to hit. This right. song's like working. Um, so you can rework that way because production, obviously you can spend mm-hmm. days on production and then you end up possibly not using the song. Um, but yeah, then we went up and did a writer's retreat. So we got, um, took a couple of our producers up. I think three, there was four, uh, three separate rooms and we just split up and we had little segments that we'd have, you know, different people in this room and then we'd switch it up and have other people in the room. Yeah. And we came back with quite a bit of songs. Right. Um, yeah, but then, and then it came kind of grind mode at the end and we picked the the four songs. We're like, these are the songs that need to be on these the, are the ones. The EP and, um, yeah, it was unbelievable. July was just kind of like just a crunch grind mode and, um, yeah, the team just did such a great job yeah. putting something together. It was very beautiful, I thought. Like, Absolutely. glorify God. So, yeah in a pure, like new, fresh way. Mm-hmm. Um, and we weren't really looking to do anything that was like new. Like I want to do the new sound. It's it's really just, I don't like doing the same thing and getting yeah. bored. Right. So it's one of those is like, how can we just not get bored of the same thing, the same thing? Right. So I think it's why sometimes you might um, hear some of the sounds or the, the rhythm on the EP that might be a little bit different than what you've heard. It's just because we just were like, Let's just do something. something. Yeah, yeah, I love that. But I think the process is so important because, um, you know, and you learn, you fumble your way through yeah. creating process. Yeah. I mean, we're still as a as a church is you know just three years old trying to 
improve our process in process of, you know, how does the design team work? How does the film team work? How do you make an EP? How do you distribute Mm -hmm. um, merch? You know, it's, it's to me so much about the process. I love this saying that your systems are set up to deliver the results that you're getting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you got to create a creative system. That's to me when creativity is at its best yeah. for us is this, it's all about the system. Right. Yeah. How do you submit it? How do you, you know, what's the timeline, all that kind of stuff. But I love the creating process for, um, for the EP in particular. And I'm excited. Shout out to our next project. Yeah. Aaron's getting a bar on it. Let's go. <laughs> Give us some right now. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Panicked. <laughs> Don't do that to me. Yeah. He's like, it's I have a stand-up club. club. This is not the breakfast. <laughs> oh, I love the breakfast club. Oh my gosh. I want to start doing a segment on this podcast called the breakfast club. And I want to do a Charlemagne, the God segment yeah. and a freestyle. That's great. Like how Sway in the morning does it. Yeah. Sway in the morning <laughs> always pulls out the best freestyle. My favorite freestyles yes. always come from Sway. Anyways, um, Talking me about merch process because that to me is the coolest thing. Yeah. Making, yeah. Like so cool. I like this morning we're talking, we're putting out the, I don't know if you know, we're putting out these track suits. Yeah. They're going to be so fire. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Yeah. How do, what's the pro, how do you come up with a track suit and what does that look yeah. like? Um, first is just the team. Like we have an unbelievable team of uh, people that come to our church that serve every weekend and they're here just, um, some people are really in the production so the side of distribution and uh, producing all that kind of stuff. But um, a lot of it is just having a first meeting. We have a meeting and it's, hey, what's coming up? And we never just drop something just to drop something. And so there's always something behind it. Um, if it doesn't feel right, then we just won't drop it. Um, but there's obviously some big events that we would um, right. choose to, to work towards. Like your birthday or something. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And the, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so there's like ASB president. He froze me twice. twice. He legit was like, I don't know how to respond to this. He's like, was there supposed to be a drop on my birthday? (laughs) I missed it. Or did we do one? Did we we do one? I missed it. Yeah, it's okay. Ridiculous. Um, yeah, then we just all kind of get together and pick out the blanks, what blanks we're gonna get, and then uh, we make a deck. So it's just like, I think you asked for one today. (laughs) Can I see the deck? Yeah, it's almost done. Me asking for the deck is is code for why haven't I seen this yet? Yes. Translation: Why am I asking for the deck? Yes. Every. And then that's when I'm like, it's it's on its way. It's coming. It's going to get done today. And when you say it's on its way, I immediately go, I don't believe you. Well, it's on its way, as in I'm texting the team. Hey guys, let's get this deck together. (laughs) We need a deck in three minutes. So again, we've nailed the process. We are on top of it. Yes. Of course. (laughs) Don't have your leader have to follow up with you. (laughs) Translation. It's on its way. That's what we are contributing today. (laughs) But yeah, then we get all the stuff and then we sell it. And and then you market it. Yeah. Which that's when you come into play. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I want to ask this question. Um, This will be our last question. Um, How do you identify leaders? And and, and I don't want to talk about how do you identify a worship leader or how do you identify a designer? Because... The talent is always there. Again, mm-hmm. your gift always works. So I'm not talking about doers anymore because I really don't think leaders are doers. Mm-hmm. Leaders, in my opinion, have the ability to lead other people. Yeah. So how? what are some signs for you that you're, you know, both of you oversee massive teams and have a ton of volunteers underneath your leadership? How do you go, this person right here, I'm building with and I'm empowering because they're a leader. Aaron, you start this time. Like you haven't started. I like froze again. Yeah, you haven't started yet. You start. Yeah. Um, one thing for me, it's just people that are not always asking for permission. Great. Specifically, um, you know, let's just say in a church setting, it is. Um, hey, is this is this okay to do this or whatever? Obviously, there's bound, you know, there's boundaries for that, but just someone that's willing to just go for it. Um, and obviously just spirit. I, I know I've talked about that before, but there's just something about being around someone right. and you just being like, this person just has something. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just something that's really hard to articulate sometimes. Cause even when like I'm around you, it's like, there's just something about you that is unbelievable, you know? And it, it's your you. personality, it's your character, all that kind of stuff. But 
Um, yeah, for, for me, it just be like someone that's not always asking for permission or getting micromanaged, has to get micromanaged. Um, yeah. And then I feel like if you, the people that are spending time with God, praying with God, Mm. um, there's going to be some sort of leadership that comes out of that. Right. And you can kind of just tell someone's godliness. Right. Um, by being around them. But yeah, that that would just be, you know, what I No, I I, I love what you're saying because it it made me think of, uh, you know, Jim Collins' book, Good to Great. Mm -hmm. He talks about if I have to motivate you, I got the wrong person. Yeah. What you're really saying is you're looking for self-motivated people, which both of you are. And, you know, we really look for that within our organization. It's like, are you a Mm self-starter? I I really stay away from people I got to always give a pep talk to. Mm -hmm. I always got to encourage. I always got to, if I got to babysit someone or micromanage someone, we got the wrong person. But if I see a self-starter, I I go, this guy's a leader that, you know, and who knows what it is. Could be the sign of what time they get up in the morning or how efficient they are with the area that we've given them to oversee. Mm -hmm. But self-starters, I'm always looking for them because I know we can build with them. Yeah. What are you looking for? Um, I, I think I like what you said. Like sometimes you're just like, Oh, you have it. I don't know what it is, but you just have it. And I think that's, um, I'm, you gave a, a teaching where you talked about building your team and you said character, competency, charisma. Mm -hmm. And I, I've been, I think about that a lot. I think what I'm always looking for is someone that I can like flow with. Um, like I can't lead with someone I can't hang with. I think that has Mm. to do with like the morale of the team. Like you could be super competent and we could just clash and that's not going to work for me. (laughs) Right. Um, And I think that that like builds into the morale of the team. And then I think I'm always looking for someone with resolve, someone who's Mm. just going to figure it out. um, That's going to hustle. That's honestly maybe going to see it better than me. Mm. Someone that's going to see it like have a little bit more clarity than I have on it. Great. Someone that's maybe better than me in that area that can serve it better. Um, someone that can teach me something is Great. what I'm looking for in a leader. And, um, you know, I think that's like a really, it's funny that you're asking this because we're constantly looking at our teams and saying like, who do we put in this spot? Yeah. Who's the best yep. person for this? Yep. Always. And it's like, who's the best fit? around a table and then who's the best fit like strategically um and so yeah and i think all like hustle yeah Yeah. just like like you said i don't want to have to start you i don't want to have to ask you um i just want to know you're like working hard and you're down that's it yeah uh, no i love that because you know like what we talked about character over talent so you got character competency so massive um, what was the third one? Charisma. You said? Charisma. But really what you hit on was chemistry. Yeah. yeah. The, and, and I would say the, the the last one, I think John Maxwell says all these, the, the, the C's of leadership. The other one would be capacity. Mm-hmm. Like how much can this person? Yeah. Again, Julie and I were talking this morning. We're talking about, you know, she's talking about who you want to hire and, you know, demands within our world. And, you know, when we're talking about different people, she brings up, do they have the capacity to handle all that. Mm-hmm. And I think the challenge for leadership for, in my world would be the same for you is, am, am I increasing in my capacity mm-hmm. yeah. or am I stuck? You know, and and how you grow in capacity, I, 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 I wouldn't have all the answers on that. Yeah. I'm sure there's great books on it, how to increase your capacity. I think it goes back to always my time management. Mm-hmm. And if I'm good at time management, I can handle a lot. If my time management yeah. is out of whack, I can feel the balls dropping so true. and I can feel like wow. it's overwhelming. I never feel overwhelmed when I'm good with my calendar and I'm running my schedule. If my schedule runs me, I'm dead in the water. But if I'm on top of that thing and I'm, you know, it's, it's, it goes down to little things like last night, I think I fell asleep at 9.17 p.m. I legit, That's amazing. 9.17. Yeah. But I woke up at six this morning, like, let's go. Yeah. I got the text about the deck. <laughs> yeah. At 6 a.m. <laughs> <At> 6 a.m. <laughs> it was 6 12. But, 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 you know, I can handle capacity. Yeah. If I do the little things in my life, mm-hmm. sleeping right, eating right, um, you know, really being a student of my calendar, my schedule. When people are like, I'm too busy for this, I, I always think if I feel like I'm too busy, it's no one's fault but mm-hmm. mine. It's like your phone, like 
I can't let this thing run me. I have to yeah. run it. Yeah. And leadership is that challenge of being on top of your world and um, and having those things. Like I would love to be a very character, competent, uh, charisma, chemistry, uh, capacity. I'd love to dominate all yeah. these areas. Mm-hmm. And all of them are within my control. Yeah. Right. You know, all of them I can increase in my care. I don't look at my character. I never look at my character and go, I did it. <laughs> well, there I go. Yeah. Crushed it. I think character is something we're always working on. Right. You know, my chemistry. Mm-hmm. I can always improve in my charisma. I get around charismatic people like, um, yeah, I get like, around like an Abner Ramirez. Yeah. You know, and oh I'm like, gosh. you know, or get around like, who was I just with the other day? I was like, I, I want to have that kind of charisma. I just would be interested to see you in a room with someone with more charisma than you. Yeah. yeah I, I, like, I, I, like, well, they, lots push, of energy. They here. push all my buttons. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, like you, if you and Rich, oh. if you and Rich Jr. are in a room together, yeah. It's just like you want to jump out, like you just want to like climb the wall. It's like, oh, let's laugh and get really <laughs> loud. Like, if I get with, you know, like a Jason Kennedy, for example, I think has the most charisma of anybody. It's like, I always think it says a lot about somebody if you get around charismatic people mm-hmm. and you get quiet. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm just like, uh oh, yeah. you got exposed. Yeah. Because getting around other like <laughs> me freezing. <laughs> <laughs> Case in point. But if you get around other very charismatic people, it should make you, I feel like, yeah, give you a pass to even be more. So um, all of it was great. All of it is awesome. Um, I love all of it. And, um, okay, we're going to go to our next section, top five. All right, episode three, top five leadership hits for today. Talking about... uh, Leading yourself, how to lead yourself. Number one, here's the number one thing you need to know. You need emotional intelligence. This is a big deal when it comes to leadership. You got to understand your emotions. Uh, I always think, do my emotions control me or do I control my emotions? Becoming emotionally healthy is so important. Uh, A couple books to read, The Emotionally Healthy Church or Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Peter Schizero. Very good read and very accurate. What we don't want to be as leaders is spiritual giants and emotional toddlers. A spiritual giant is I live off my gift and my gift is big. I I have my talent, but emotionally behind closed doors, I'm a roller coaster, I'm a disaster, and I tend to just react and live off my emotions. Um, Emotional intelligence has the ability when you are in a dark hole, you can still see the light at the end of the tunnel, and therefore you don't give in to the emotions that you're in, whatever situation, storm, fire, uh, tribulation, whatever it is, you go, you know what? I know I'm going to get through this. I know it's not always going to be this way. So I'm not going to succumb or give in to my emotions. I believe one of the things every great leader accomplishes is they start to resolve, I'm going to be emotionally healthy. How do you get emotionally healthy? Get a good night rest. Have some water. Work out. Do everything you can, not just to be spiritually healthy. God wants you to succeed in every area of your life. Number two, don't fall into the comparison trap. This is huge because it is so foolish for you to compare yourself with somebody else. When you die, when that happens, you will not be held accountable for running another man's race. You'll be held accountable for running your race. So don't compare. In fact, it... it, it will do such a crippling service to your leadership when you're like, I'm not as good as so-and-so. I, I, I don't have, I'm not gifted. I don't have the budget. No, no, no. Great leaders look at the cards that they've been given and they think to themselves, I don't want to play anybody else's cards. These cards, so-and-so thinks they have good cards. They don't even know what I have. Jealousy always presents itself by saying, I wish that I had their cards. Anger presents itself as saying, God, you didn't give me 
as good of cards as you gave them. No, greatness is saying, man, I'm so grateful for my my story, the way God chose to raise me. I love my gift mix. I love my talent. I love what God's doing in my life in this season. And the way you combat comparison is you do it by thankfulness. I love this verse always, Proverbs 4. Do not look to the right or to the left. Keep your eyes straight before you. Keep your eyes on running your race. Number three, write this next one down. If you're taking notes, I just I just said write this next one down because I'm so used to saying that. That guy. <laughs> Number three, this is just, if you want to just, they'll put them on the screen right now. Number three, let your what I am be louder than your what I'm not. Let your what I am be louder than your what I am not. What I am, I am called, I am chosen, I am gifted, Gift, gifted, <laughs> I'm gifted, I'm talented. What I am has to be louder in your ear than your what I'm not. Here's what happens to most of us. Most of us allow these voices in our head. Let's, let's adequately describe those voices. Could be the voice of your pastor, could be the voice of your boss, could be the voice of your parents, could be the voice of your spouse, could be the voice of the podcast you're listening a lot of people, when they have voices in their head, they say, you know, my dad always used to say, or pastor used to always say, or John Maxwell, you quote somebody because you have voices. One of the dominant voices in your head is your voice. And so you've got to learn, great leaders do this, how to have good self-talk. I read a book years ago called What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. Because whether you like it or not, you're always talking to you. And so when you talk to yourself, remember, you cannot be kind to others unless you're kind to yourself. You cannot be forgiven, forgiving of others unless you forgive yourself. So the way you treat you is the way you treat your relationships. So I've got to get good at saying what I am is so much greater than what I'm not. I know I'm not yet who I want to be. I know I'm not yet uh, conquering this area I'm focused on right now. That's fine. I know that I'm greater than what I'm not. If you can accomplish that, I'm telling you, you will go so far. Number four, I love this one. Believe what pe- believe that people want you in the room and they want to hear what you have to say. Believe that people want you in the room and they absolutely want to hear what you have to say. I got Aaron and Erica with me today and I want you in this room and I want to hear what you have to say. And you add so much value because you believe that. Mm. You add so much value because I I invited, I want yeah. you here. Mm-hmm. And what you have to say holds weight because you've got experience, you've got authority, you've got something to say. Great leaders are always thinking, I'm supposed to be here, number one. And number two, I actually add value. I've got something to say. Insecurity will always present itself by saying two things. I don't know if I'm supposed to be here (laughs) and I should just be quiet because I don't even know if I have something to say. I was raised by a mom that told me all the time, Chad, you've got something to say. In fact, she would just say, people want to hear what you have to say. When you're a leader, you will always shy away from clarity. You will always shy away from confrontation because you'll think, I don't know if what I have to say is good enough, or I don't know if what I have to say is right. But leadership is taking that risk, having that backbone, saying every room I go into, I'm gonna make it better. Every room I go into, I'm gonna lift the heads. So this room is better because I'm in it. And when I'm here, I'm not just gonna sit on the sidelines, I'm gonna add value. I've got something to say on the subject and I'm not gonna you know, be a ball hog and you know, not play relational conversational tennis, but when it's my turn, when it's appropriate, I've got something to say. Here's the last thing. I love this last one. Top five, episode three, leadership lean in. Here's the last one. Don't let anyone break your stride. Forgiveness is more for you than it is for others. Don't let, I always think this, as a leader, I can't let anybody break my stride. I'm going, I've got a church to build, a family to raise. I've got things in my heart. I've got a lot on my plate. And I can't afford for anybody to break my stride. So if there's an offense, if there's an issue, there's a relational fallout, there's something that happens, we can deal with that. But I can't afford, even if I get betrayed, even if I you know, get abused, I can't afford for bitterness and unforgiveness to set in because if it does, 
I'm going to stop running my race. Or even worse, maybe I'll just start to jog. Or maybe I'll start to walk. Maybe I'll start to limp. All because of unforgiveness. Forgiveness is more a benefit for you than it is for the other person. Forgiveness is saying, I'm not going to give you that much headspace. I'm not going to give you that much real estate in my mind, in my heart. I'm letting that thing go because I know I can't let anyone break my stride. Episode three, top five. We out. Okay, episode three, Leadership Leaning. I'm here with Aaron Eisman, Aaron the Iceman Eisman, and Erica the Boss Bosco. Yeah. We're doing rapid fire. Last round. Here we go. go. Each of you have to answer. And uh, we'll always start with Erica, then we'll go to Aaron. Okay. <laughs> Ladies first. Here we go. Longer worship set or longer message? Longer worship. Sorry, Chad. Longer message. <laughs> Was that genuine? Prove yeah. it. I don't believe it. you. Prove it. Hillsong United or Hillsong Worship? Worship. Hillsong Worship. I love you, Joel. Read a book or an audio book? Audio. No, ne- either of those. <laughs> Let's talk later. Freeze. <laughs> peanut M&M's or regular M&M's? Oh, peanut. Peanut. Okay. Uh, Tupac or Biggie? Tupac. Kendrick Lamar. West Coast. You have I'm to kidding. choose. I know. Biggie. I would always I would do choose Biggie. Biggie. You're so I'm LA. I'm just West Coast. LA. You're so, Biggie was such a better rapper. Listen, I'm not debating the rapper. I'm just, my loyalty is to the West Coast. Yeah. I love Tupac too. You know, we live here in LA to live and die, live but and die Biggie is such a better yes. rapper. It's insane. No, you didn't yes. say Blue, he's the best rapper. Blue Bottle or Intelligentsia? Blue Bottle. Blue Bottle. Blue Bottle. I feel like Intelligentsia. Whoopsies. It's kind of like uh, a long, long <laughs> Target or Walmart? Target. <laughs> Target. What if I chose Walmart? My answer's We're all going to be the same. You wouldn't even believe it. Uh, no, I go wouldn't. To, go to bed early and get up early or go to bed late and sleep in? Go to bed early. Go to bed late. I'm a mom. Wow. <laughs> You're a mom. You're creative. But you have to get up with your son. This, that, that didn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> 90s music or early 2000s? Oh, wow. 90s. Early 2000s. Like 90s hip hop rap is like... It's the, it's the iconic. It's yeah. when we're talking about Big and Tupac. What in yeah, the early like, 2000s? Are you talking about Nelly? Like you're like, loyal to Nelly all of a sudden? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It didn't make sense. Hoodie weather or tank top weather? Hoodie. 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 You are from Seattle. No, Episode I'm three, not. Leadership Lenient. We love you. We'll see you next time. Make sure you subscribe, leave a comment. Hope you're inspired. And uh, we'll see you soon.